podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Going on, Boneheads. Football season is back. That means my bookie's best offer, 100% match, up to $1,000 using promo code CHAIR. That is a change. It is CHAIR, C-H-A-I-R. Also, they are running the first ever online super book contest. You enter for 100 bucks and you can win up to $100,000. All you have to do is pick five NFL games against the spread each week. Climb the leaderboard and if your score hits high enough, you're going to get a share of this massive cash prize. Remember, they've been riding with us for over a year now. I wouldn't recommend this to you guys if they weren't the best in the biz when it comes to paying and customer service. You shoot them a DM, they're going to answer. You shoot them an email, they're going to answer. You win, they pay. MyBookie.ag, promo code CHAIR for your 100% deposit match. Now, let's get into the show. It's the moment of the evening every K-State fan enjoys. Settle down and pour a whiskey, crack open a LaCroix. Please put your hands together and make a little noise for your favorite wildcatters, the handsome Bosco boys. Ooh, Bosco's boys. Come on, boys. Hide the cocaine. Ooh, hey, hide the cocaine, yes. Blitz week (laughs) begins today with a second-time guest. Yeah, Yeah. but I'm going to have to mail you your recurring guest koozie. Yeah, you have to mail the koozie. We're not going to do any presentation, I guess, today. Sorry. sorry. I've already got a koozie from you guys. Not the recurring guest koozie, because you're in the recurring guest club. If you don't know already, that's Cole Man back with us. Um, You probably already do know because his name's in the title of the show. Probably. But... Welcome back to the show, Cole Manbeck. You're kicking off Blitz Week. We're going to have a show every single day this week, and we're inching closer to game one of the climbing era. Welcome yeah, to the show, I buddy. I'm not really worthy to be on with you guys anymore. You guys are too big time for me now. I mean, you guys got Michael Bishop, you got Gene, you got Bruce, you got everyone. I mean, I've made it known that you're one of my favorite follows. Maybe not anymore because I don't feel like I don't ever yeah. see you. You're not tweet. getting the negative stuff from me anymore, right, guys? I kind of took a reprieve from Twitter. Uh, I didn't know if anyone really noticed, but uh, I was pretty negative for a while. And then I think since the NCAA tournament loss, I've kind of taken a step back. <laughs> the you know the Royals are so bad, I've stayed away from bashing them and just let it play out. So yeah, I think I've only tweeted like maybe 20 times in the last few months. But hey. I- I'll jump back on the horse for you, Grant, and uh, get back <laughs> well, to the negative. No, I hope it's all positive from here on out. All right. I think I've tweeted 20 times just during this work day. So, <laughs> shout now, out if, to the if, secret day job. If things are going poorly, though, I want you to pull out those daggers. Yeah. Mm, no, I don't want to. You know what? No, this year I'm going to pull out every positive thing Good. I can from every game. Actually, yeah, because I feel like That's, it's a are new gonna me. Need, we're going to need that. Yeah. So, well, I mean, everyone who listened to the predictions episode yesterday would would. I don't mean think because we're gonna to go so we're gonna be poor. I just mean like with the detractors already, we need all the fan support we can get, right? Yeah, I can't. Uh, I can't be putting negative stuff out there. No way. Like I did when uh, Chris <laughs> Kleiman was initially hired. I mean, I've now removed and deleted all of those tweets. I would uh, never do that. Apologize <laughs> for uh, what I said, <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, that's it's. 
It's definitely an exciting time and uh, very eager now. A change is, can always be exciting and always a little nerve-wracking, but I think this is a, a change that was needed at this time. So I'm just counting down the days to get here, and I've been, uh, this has been one of the most boring summers I've ever had. Uh, but boring's not bad when you got twins coming in a few months. So. Yeah, I was just about to say, you should cherish I really the boredom. Should. I should. This is my last college football year with, uh, you know, not having three kids running around. So I That's crazy. R.I.P. I have no concept of what that is. I mean, just, <sighs> I think a dog is like enough work. We have a dog too, but he's pretty easy. He just sleeps all day. He's pretty easy too, but still, you got to like make sure they're not dying. Yeah. Well, actually, yes. You have to like. <laughs> well, I'll be honest. Sometimes I, uh, my wife makes fun of me. I'll panic. Our, our black lab. He's like twelve now, and some he'll sleep in bed with us. And sometimes, like, I'll wake up and the covers over his face, and he won't. Oh, no. I won't feel like he's breathing. Like I'll, my, I'll wake up in a mass panic at like three a.m. and I'll feel him. Well, and he's he's not, dead. I don't feel like anything. And then I like, I like shake him, and then he jumps up and looks at me like, "What the hell?" <laughs> like I, so I panic. I just like you know, I love my dog so. Most yeah. elite dog you can have, Black Lab. Yeah. Shout out to Bosco. Bosco Shout out to Bosco, <laughs> but also I namesake. do believe that that is the best dog. Yeah. The That's most, just my personal Also opinion. the namesake of our Well, yes, podcast. absolutely. That is important. Shout out to the original mascot back in 1908 or whatever. Uh, so, yeah, I think we'll uh, get started. Uh, that's enough of the friendly banter. Also, we're going to make an announcement, and I want to put this out so everyone can hear it so we can't back out. Part of our free play Friday shows moving forward will feature the three sharp plays of the week from Cole Manback himself. So he will either make a lot of fictional money or lose a lot of fictional money this year. I don't think there'll be any in between. Man, I am so excited. I actually think we should collect money for the picks and uh... – yeah, I have a subscriber service for it. What do you uh, think? Like ten dollars a month? I'm or already sh- we're already shaking down the bonehead. So okay, I'll, all right, I'll let you do that independent yeah, from so us if you really want to do that. Maybe we go the Lee Sterling route or Fat Jack, <laughs> and uh, you know, charge just half price yeah, of what they're charging. Yeah, before you know it, you're going to be featured on uh, <laughs> you know one of the Kansas City sports talks, oh, and you're going to have to pretend you know what you're talking about. Uh, Lee's going to have to find a new home now on uh, eight ten if they're going to have him back. So I know he was always on Keatsman's show. Uh, Keatsman can eat a bag of dicks. Throw a bone to our old tradition the beer of the pod yeah we haven't we'll, we'll had a beer it. on we haven't been drinking during the podcast it seems like for a while yeah, it's been a bit it's been a bit maybe the yearbook episode i feel like that's the last time we really got after it i specifically bought beer today so that we could drink beer okay. and podcast so but cole Scott, isn't I, doing it man i show up and you guys do need you to want have beer. one you know what? I better have one. Hell yeah! Okay. I, knew when See, I, I really, Mike. I really peer pressured. Into <laughs> I knew that. when you were on mic, I could I, get you to. do I it. I told these guys that I was uh, gonna try to only drink once this week, and because uh, I know I'll probably have something tomorrow or Saturday. But uh, you guys have now right. pressured me. It's into your it. choice. You can have the Deschutes Hazy, fresh squeezed. That's good. Which I really like. Or you can have a Classico, Tank Seven. Deesh. I'm gonna. I'll, I'll try this. The, right. the Deschutes. Deschutes what, what, the Deschutes, Deschutes Hazy. Yeah, 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 I'll, I'll try juicy that. IPA. I'm sorry that I had to interrupt the show for you to go pour me. A, a you guys beer. can probably yeah. handle, All right, handle, yeah. handle it while I right. we'll, we'll, we'll walk 10 feet away. Hurry, hurry back, Exactly. Please. So we will get into it. So uh, a lot of this is actually going to be – there's going to be some callbacks from your first appearance on the show. Um, it was the preview for the Oklahoma State game that actually recently eclipsed 2,000 listens. So you must have been working overtime on Spotify <laughs> and iTunes to get it up there. So it just recently hit, you know, got like 17 listens last week and got over that hump. 
Huh, so maybe, maybe I predicted K State to win that game. I, I just want to keep going back. And I think you might have done that. Actually, yeah, I think I you think, might have been the only one. I think I did predict K State to win. I don't think I predicted them to win what 33-14 and and dominate the second half that they did. I mean that first half was ugly as could be, and then uh, second half K State dominated thoroughly. Yeah, so. that that was a lot of fun. Um, so calling back to that, uh, the last time you were on was that Oklahoma State game. Uh, which was one of the more fun games last season, but there wasn't a lot of fun after that season. Uh, what were your feelings when 2019 finally came to an end? Uh, you know, basically it was euthanized by Iowa State. I was actually relieved, uh, to be honest, and uh, relieved that it was over because uh, I think it was – you go back to that Oklahoma State game, and I, I just remember about with like two minutes left in the game, uh, a guy behind me, said to his wife I was hoping we were going to lose this game because they were you know also ready for Bill Snyder to retire at that time and they just thought it was best that K-State basically tanked the season which you know I know there's a large portion of the fan base that wouldn't feel that way wants the best for the players they work so hard and and doesn't want to see K-State fail but I think there was a portion of the fan base that was worried that the more they won that Bill Snyder would be stubborn and would be convinced that he still had it and would come back and so Watching that Iowa State game, I remember texting Grant during the game, and Grant wanted to win that game so bad. And so he was did texting, I, yeah, I know uh. you guys wanted to win that game so bad, and when K-State was up 38-17, I mean, it sucks the way that they lost that. Uh, but I will tell you, in the back of my head, I had a bit of a fear that if they won that game and went to a bowl and you know, perhaps won a meaningless bowl game at 6-6 six and six and got to seven wins, that Bill Snyder might fight retiring at that point which I think he would have I mean he fought it anyways from uh, even at five and seven but I think he would have been able to convince you know a certain portion of the fan base if they got to seven wins you can't you know really force a retirement at that point so uh, it was just a sense of relief when the actual retirement did come out you know that was a roller coaster for what 10 we, 10 days to two weeks when there still was no word uh, and then you finally got that word and you could move on the reality was is to say, you know, as we got as we knew, K State couldn't continue down the path that they were going. They were never gonna contend for another Big Twelve title with Bill Snyder. They were gonna struggle to get to six or seven wins, you know, in the future and recruiting was gonna go downhill. And we all know a lot of players were also gonna leave the program. It just it it was the best for K State for the football program long term, but it was also the best for Bill Snyder to go ahead and step away now. Because if this went on another year or two, I mean it really could have been damning to his legacy. When he finally did leave after the Iowa State game, what were your emotions? I was, like, obviously relieved, like you mentioned, but I did have a sense of, like, deep sadness. So. Like, I just, it did hit me in a way, like, after the, after the fact, you know, he was gone and it was official. It was, like, for me personally, it, it was, like, wow. Th- it, I mean, it felt – I felt kind of sad. Yeah, I was, still haven't, for the record, have not felt one ounce of sadness. Just want to put that on the record. All right. Respect. I am, I am pumped. Oh, I'm if pumped. We, I mean, if I'm we pumped. Could, if we could do it all over again and force him out, I'd do it again just for that joy. I don't feel <laughs> any sadness. So, so when the initial word came out early that Sunday afternoon, uh, obviously, again, a sense of relief and excitement. Then my mind moved on immediately to, okay, who does K-State hire? And then I started to – um, you know, start thinking about that. 
And then I got nostalgic and I started watching videos and, and watching online all the videos, the video that K-State put out on social media, and you know, seeing the emotion that Bill Snyder used to have when he was younger and the K-State coach and recalling that side of him and the passion when he was building the program. And then I watched the documentary again. Um, gosh, I can't think of the name of it, guys. Oh, uh, Miracle in Manhattan. Miracle in Manhattan. I watched that. When he actually. goes after those journos. Yeah, yeah, it was I'm great. Like, you know, Bill, I love you so yeah, much. Yeah, and uh, you know, I watched that actually twice in a three-day period, and uh, I have Decade of Dominance, you know, the big ten-hour documentary, and I watched that, and so I had nostalgia over it, and I honestly, I did feel a little bit bad because I had been so critical of him uh, for a couple years now about where the program was going, but yet he had provided me some of the best memories of my childhood, going to games with my parents and. Um, you know, so I, I felt you were right though. Yeah. Yeah. I just think I, I maybe, I felt like I lost a little bit of sight of that and all the memories, but you know, like I said, it was best for him to also move aside because it was just going to get worse and there was going to be more of the fan base turning on him if he, if he stuck around. So yeah, there was some sadness definitely. And then obviously some excitement as well. See, that's the much healthier reaction than me (laughs) still (laughs) celebrating it. Uh, so how did you take in the coaching search? So while you are a fan now, you are someone who used to cover K-State athletics, you know, as a job, you used to be a big J journalist and now you're just, you know, a fan like the rest of us, although they can still catch you on Powercat game day every week while they're, while you're driving to the stadium. But how did you take it in? uh, You know, like I said, as a fan, but also someone who used to be, you know, covering it for your job. So, so the day that, um, that Bill Snyder did announce his retirement. I got a call that Sunday afternoon um, from someone I know who had told me that, you know, Chris Kleiman was certainly going to be one of the top guys for the job. And I don't think that shocked anybody. I think everybody knew he'd at least be a candidate and get interviewed, but it it more so came across that he would definitely be a front runner. And uh, then obviously the Seth Luttrell stuff came out from very credible sources and uh, certainly was a candidate there and Neil Brown and all of those names were exciting. And obviously I, I got on the Latrell bandwagon, like much of the fan base and started thinking about the, the spread offense and recruiting Texas. And these guys were going to get after it. Um, and had, had a lot of concerns about climate, obviously, just because of the FCS experience, no FBS, no Texas recruiting ties. I threw all of that out there on social media. Um, and you know, and then I took a step back, you know, after they actually, went with Kleiman and you know there was kind of the pause button they hit on the coaching search a couple days before they named Kleiman the head coach due to the fan base reaction uh, you know I think Neil Brown obviously was kind of that number two guy I I'm excited about Kleiman now and you know I, I probably just emotionally reacted to thinking that K-State's better than just going after a guy that's been in the FCS his whole career and overlooking the fact that this guy can coach like crazy uh, and they're gonna he's gonna be hungry right so he's gonna get after it on the recruiting trail and they're going to work their asses off and and obviously they're doing that and they're implementing so many different changes that i love right now uh so i like where they're headed and i'm all aboard the climbing train now and uh i just had to take a step back and kind of reflect but the the coaching search was also certainly a roller coaster because there were there were all sorts of rumors going all over the place 
I think like my iPhone, it tells you screen time. I think I was like 14 hours a day during the coaching search. It was obnoxious. Oh my gosh. I was texting we, frantically every day with people. We actually had a we had fun a little group. Yeah. We had things so much during we, that time. You guys should have seen our text chain. I mean, it was I like, might have to go back and look it, at like, that later. It was like... Uh, Scott, like, it's climbing. Then it's like, no, it's Latrell. Grant's like, calm down, guys. Everything's fine. Yeah. But then, like, 10 minutes later, Grant's like, F, it's, it's, it's going to be Fuck, it's climbing. Yeah, just like, backing off. And then, I'm like, and then I'm, like, trying to play the peacekeeper. I'm like, all right, guys, it's fine. Everything's going to work out. And, and I think everything did work out. I think his state will be fine. You're not the only one that had an emotional reaction. <laughs> I mean, the, the turnaround, like, the, the 180 that a large portion of the fan base did, from just this is the worst possible scenario to, all right, I'm on board. You know, you're, that's not unique to you. So especially me, I mean, I was like so anti-climbing the first 12 hours, and then I was like, okay, maybe it'll be fun. it'll be all right. You know, probably. I think I think any new coach was probably going to implement a lot of the changes, like social media. They were going to have the opportunity to, to do those types of more modern day changes, so there would have been excitement around that, but. But I, I certainly think the way that they did it with Kleiman was was great, and you know he's just allowing the people to do their jobs that they were put in place to do, and I think that's what's what's best about him. He's not blocking anyone from from doing things on social media and getting the fan base excited and letting the fans feel like they're a part of their program and embracing it. Yeah, so I actually thought it was funny. This is a callback to when we had Gene Taylor on. He said that the whole social media rollout of the coach there were two defined plans going into it one if it was a coach that fans were excited about you know maybe the Latrell the Neil Brown all those type of stuff but then one that he said for a candidate they weren't excited about I can't I'm choosing to believe they just called it the Chris Kleiman rollout plan <laughs> um because I think he was the only guy who universally probably had a negative approval rating throughout the entire process, except for Jim Lovett. And that's smart people just didn't want that one. <laughs> yeah. But there were a lot of idiots that probably would have liked that. Um, but I, I just thought that was interesting. Who, that Who was the other dude? That the there were, that just random players were campaigning. Oh, War, Wolford. Wolford. Oh my god, that was that was that was utterly bizarre. Look, I, mean, I I have attended the No Stone Unturned event numerous times, and he's a and he's a great he's guy. a great guy, great family, great guy. Yeah, he's a great guy, great family. I just could not envision him, you know, being the coach at K State. What's funny is that came out of nowhere. It was just basically a bunch of former players on Facebook, and it got big enough to the point that one media outlet, not to be named, started also talking about him possibly being the guy and going on to a radio station that had a host that is no longer doing his show claiming that Wolford could be the next guy. I couldn't imagine ever paying money to anyone who would say that on a pay subscription site. Um, it definitely wasn't KSO, and I'll leave it at that. But the Wolford rumors were hilarious. Well, yeah, that and the and the Levitt stuff, like you brought up. I mean, shout out to to Matt Hall and Derek Young at KSO because they they, they had mentioned that Levitt was going to be fired at Oregon a couple months in advance of when that happened, and how you know he definitely wasn't really a candidate for this job. Yet so much of the fan base was campaigning for him because they thought it was the '90s still, and I uh, <laughs> thought that was a great fit. So look. I made it very clear who my guy was, and I was, you know, trying to slide into his DMs and do whatever it took. But I think you guys know who I'm talking about. We'll, there. We'll get to that. Yeah, I know you will. So I didn't. So I didn't want to say his name yet. So, speaking of names, who were the different names that, at one time or another, you believed were close to, if not a done deal? Yeah, I. I mean, I truly believed it was going to be either Latrell or Kleiman for most of the coaching search, and then uh, toward the end, 
when they they did like i said it kind of hit that pause button when it sounded like it was going to be climbing i thought there was a decent chance that neil brown could slide in because i did know they did multiple interviews with him and they were thoroughly impressed with how he interviewed and thought he was super smart and so look i think k-state you know they're gonna have their eye on what neil brown does at west virginia because they you know a lot of the fan base knows they could have had him too and he's certainly a bright guy and a great coach and we'll be curious if he can translate what he did at troy uh to west virginia but at the same time, we were talking before we came on, I think that from a cultural fit, I think Kleiman is more of a fit uh, for K-State. And I just think he, he fits in with not only the fan base, but the way that the system that they're going to run, I think really fits. And that's why I kind of started to back off the Latrell stuff toward the end because I, you know, I was, was thinking about it when you zig, everyone else, you know, you got to zag while everyone else is zigging. I hate that saying. I don't know why I just said it. But, um, you know, I think K-State with everyone else doing the spread – you know, I, I just think it's it's smart for K State to kind of stick to stick to their guns of what they do a little bit, be different, because uh, that'll help them. And and also, it would have been a tougher rebuild if you have Latrell. I mean, look, they're not going to have the players in place to run the spread right now. I mean, the receiver group is probably the the most weakest position on the offense right now. So I will make this prediction. I would bet if Latrell was here, I bet you he wouldn't have had the stones to tell Ryzen to leave, and I bet you he wouldn't have had the stones to just allow Zuber to leave either. Yeah. So I, I, I do think that would have been a bit of a change, but I think it did work out exactly what you said. One other name that I want to throw in there is this kind of retrospective almost, what, eight months after the fact. There was that uh, coaching football or football coaching scoop.com or whatever that mm-hmm. website was. Yeah, football scoop. They, they made me think for about 18 hours it was going to be uh, – Norvell from or not yeah yeah Norvell from um, Memphis yeah uh but I think uh KSO was kind of on top of that I, I think they were saying that wasn't jiving with what they were hearing yeah. did you ever hear his name yeah, pop his, up from your yeah, sources the, and they did they interviewed Norvell but but there were some issues that popped up and uh you know it just sounded like he wasn't truly a serious candidate after the interview so yeah I did hear his name pop up but I don't think he was ever truly in line so really you had I think out of the interviews, they had, I think they had seven interviews in total where they, they interviewed guys formally. I'm trying to think off the top of my head. I do think they did talk to, they talked to Levitt, but it was more of. It was like a courtesy. Yeah, it was, it was a courtesy interview. Obviously, I don't think they had a formal <laughs> interview with, uh, with the Venables, but uh, I, I certainly think they did engage in conversations. Well, Gene did. He called him the defensive coordinator at Clemson. So he, Gene did acknowledge uh, Brent Venables as a name yeah, while yeah, we they, sat down. So I think they at least they talked. kicked a tire. They, they, they engaged there. And then obviously there was Latrell, Neil Brown, Norvell, uh, Kleiman. And uh, I, I name escapes me on the seventh one that they talked to. But, uh, you know, that, that was basically it for the candidates, I believe. So Is it my turn to ask a question? Yes, it is. Okay. Now that Bill is gone, what are things you want to see from the football no, team? No, right? Five. Okay. Oh, what? I, no, you're wrong. Yeah, we. I think I thought you just like asked a random question. I think it's your turn. Oh yeah, I'm number five. Wow, <laughs> this is embarrassing. It's all right. Well, all right. So we. I was distracted. It. Yeah, though. no, it's fine. I I just got you know I just got drawn into the dreamy eyes of Cole Manbeck, oh, and I just so lost much. our spot. So. So we, we knew you were a Venables <laughs> fan. Uh, we know there is some, you know, third-degree connection to the Venables family. So what are do you feel comfortable enough talking to us about the overtures that may or may not have been made? And uh, 
at this time, do you believe that that door has closed forever or maybe go as far as saying he may not be a head coach ever? Well, it's, it's just bad timing now at this point. I, I truly believe that Venables, if they had pursued, if Bill Snyder would have stepped down back in 2015, uh, I truly believe that Brent Venables would be the head coach at K-State right now. Um, but the fact that Bill Snyder didn't step down and a transition plan wasn't put in place at that time, despite attempts, uh, I think the timing then became you know, just not right for K-State to move forward with that and, and for Venables especially. Like we all know he's got his son who's a redshirt freshman there. He's got his other son who's a high school quarterback who's committed now to play at Clemson. I think that played a big factor in this. Not saying they couldn't transfer, but those kids have grown up now as Clemson fans. I mean, it, it's going to be hard to get them to move to Manhattan, Kansas. And so, you know, Venables now is in his early 50s. I think, I think maybe it, once his kids are done in college at Clemson, which would be another five years, I think if Chris Kleiman didn't work out for whatever reason or K-State was in a position to move on to another search, I certainly could see Venables kind of on his last kind of sunset ride out, go back to his alma mater, uh, knowing that would be his last job uh, in his mid to late 50s and coach maybe into his early 60s. I just don't know how much drive he'll have by that point. I don't think he's the guy that wants to coach till he's 70, uh, like Bill Snyder. And um, so I, I don't know at this point. I'm inclined to think more likely that he's just going to stay as a D coordinator, but who knows what happens with Dabo Sweeney and if, you know, the Alabama job opens up, if he decides to leave Clemson, would they actually, you know, talk to Venables about the head coaching job? I mean, that could be a potential opportunity for him as well. But I think at this point, uh, it's probably unlikely that he'll ever be the head coach at K-State. So my dream will be forever crushed of, of seeing that. So You told us some good tales. Are you well, willing yeah, to share? Yeah. Are you well, willing to I mean, share any on the was, podcast? Uh, yeah, it was back in uh, it was back in 2015. It was right before Christmas, and so my mother-in-law has tie-ins with uh, with the Venables family, and so I just remember that they had they'd made a phone call. I had I'd kind of scripted out what I wanted my mother-in-law to say. This was back when there were a bunch of rumors, you know, that the 2000 post Venables thread had yeah. started on the message board, and I was going to make my Christmas. I mean, that's all I wanted for Christmas at that point. It was like, oh, let's get Bill to step down, and let's get Brent in town. <laughs> And uh, so I kind of scripted out the phone call and I had my mother-in-law put it on speaker and she called Venable's mother-in-law and uh, they were talking about uh, potentially him coming to K-State and, uh, you know, there was definitely interest there. I will just say that uh, expressed that he had made it pretty clear that it was his dream job at one point. And so, you know, I've always kind of thought that if K-State truly pursued this thing, he would get the job. I know he was mad that he wasn't uh, offered the job back in 2000. It was a 2005 after Bill initially stepped down and they hired Ron Prince. I think he certainly he wanted the job. Now, I'll be honest, back then, I don't even know if I would have been on the Venables train at that point. I mean, he he got more sex appeal from me after he went to, to Clemson and dominated. But, uh, yeah, there were... There was definitely interest, and he had, you know, he'd labeled K-State to people close to him as his dream job before, and it's just, I don't know. It's hard not to get on the Venables train. I mean, he's been successful everywhere he's been under, uh, I mean, Dabo Swinney, Bill Snyder, and uh, Bob Stoops. How could you not? He's got ridiculous uh, job experiences job experience and he's one of the best recruiters in the country and i think we all know now at ou that it was mike scoop screwing everything up there at the end of the tenure there as he's proven to be a uh, you know kind of an idiot so um yeah yeah it's uh 
I, getting back to that, I just don't I don't think he's going to leave Clemson now at this point. I think he's comfortable there and with the kids. I could see him retire, you know, after once Dabo moves on and he's made a lot of money. But, man, I love watching Clemson football and watching Venables on the sideline. They're pretty good, but it is what it is. This is, this is the climbing train yeah, now. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, It's the climbing train now. Bill Snyder is gone. So what are some things that you want to see from this football team, whether it be on the field, the recruiting trail, in-game, or I on think, the internet? Yeah, social media. I mean, <laughs> I think, yeah, I, yeah, well, I mean, I'm, social media is literally one of the best yeah. aspects well, of this new don't, era. But don't say it like that and then look at me like, what the F were you thinking when I didn't you wrote read that, that question? one, obviously. <laughs> I, I, think it may, I think it's a great question. I so. think it is. I think You're it right. And th- they've proven to be excelling at on uh, in the media aspect, sh- so. shout out to emily i think starkey starkey's the yeah, photographer yeah sh- the f- what she's able to do with it she camera, just followed me oh shout out to emily i she, followed her first she's though, so. an amazing photographer because almost every day after practice they're like tweeting out pictures and it's like she needs to win like a peabody award for her photography it's great that one that she did of him in the plane is amazing oh, amazing yeah isn't it just refreshing though to have uh videos as well from oh, yeah. practice instead of just the uh, still still frame shots that they would put out like once a week back with bill here of, exactly uh, guys sweating and just walking yeah, like so doing nothing it's over i mean the photos <laughs> the photos are definitely great too i mean everything they're doing uh, i i think we're seeing right now everything they're doing is right i mean this is really what i wanted to see is obviously the social media change the letting fans see what's going on inside the program um, you know, the changes in terms of making it more of a player's program, letting them kind of, you know, give their thoughts and feedback to the coach, not walking on eggshells, building the relationships within the program with the players, changing the culture. I think they've certainly done that, um, which has helped avoid a mass exodus of transfers that have gone on. And God, uh, how many scholarship players do you think we'd have this year, Bill, would have stayed? Oh, man. 40? With, with the lack of commitments they had, too, in December. Yeah, they, uh, they had, what, three? Yeah, I mean, I think they had maybe five or six, yeah, but who knows still. even how many of them would have signed. And It's amazing uh, that there are still, like, I think they would have honestly supporters out there that think, are still butthurt about. Yeah, it probably would have been like sixty scholarship players. It would have been like and, an FCS team, right? Like quality and you know amount of. Scholarships. I mean, we would have almost insane. been going back to the eighties in terms of you know when he had like forty five, fifty scholarship players. I mean, Holcomb bad, or but. Lewis, if or not Lewis, Holcomb or Heron probably would be starting because Skyler yeah, wasn't sticking gone. around. It would have been poetic to st- stick around, right, Bill? Just lighting fire to the whole thing and getting us back to I mean, really low scholarships. I, I think he did. I, he kind of tried. I feel like he Gene tried. Gene flew the helicopter with the sand and dumped Gene it Gene was down in a Blackhawk. Yeah, Blackhawk helicopter. But, I mean, I, I was just reading yeah. I was reading Kellis' story in the uh, Wichita Eagle Kansas City Star this, this week as well from their K-Dol. media gathering and, uh, you know, talking about the conditioning aspects as well and how they're not – running these guys to death and the practices are more concise and efficient and it's not about you know just running guys to make them tougher it's about working quickly and efficiently getting them out of there but keeping them focused to where they're you know being productive in the practice and guys aren't dreading running you know when i when i played high school football they were called jingle jangles at the end of practice where we'd run jingle yeah it's like it's 40 down 40 back and you had to hit a certain time, or it kept you okay. kept adding on. I, I, it's just the way. Whenever we heard the word "jingle jangles" thrown out, we were like, "Oh my god, no!" Uh, and it was always in the back of our heads in practice, right? Because yeah, you know you got to run like fifteen of them if you don't. If you're yeah, you have the to time. time. I was a lineman back then. Well, right? and and so we we did it similar, but instead <laughs> of the forty, 
We would we would do the width of the field, which would be like what? Thir- is it? Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. I can't it's, remember. It's, I was a nose guard at one point. Can you believe that? What? Yeah. Really? Yeah. You know, Not we kidding. all thin. Yeah. Well, you for an entire football. practice. Okay. But I, you pl- you were on the seventh grade team. I thought you played I was, eighth grade. I was you free safety. safety. I was going to say. And, uh, I was on yeah, the team with you. Like, you did not play nose guard. For like two two practices in a row, uh, I think it was Mr. Brooks. Yeah. He was like, <laughs> he made me play fucking nose guard. He was like, because I was quick and I could get through like the, the legs shoot through the gap and i was <laughs> yeah, like yeah. i was like i don't think you understand like i played so fullback how stupid then. this is well right? actually Good we uh, we put one of our smallest guys in the team at nose guard my junior year and he would dive in at the legs and trip up the the running backs quarterbacks at linemen when we would play rock creek they always pulled under mike beam they would pull all their linemen basically like their center their guard their tackle huh. they'd pull them he would dive in and take out their ankles so that their linemen would fall, fall into over. each other, and then we'd be able to, you know, because they ran a they ran a beer system where everyone was tucked in, you could hardly see the ball. And Mike Beam would always tell the officials before we play them, watch what they're doing. They're tack- they're holding our offensive linemen. They're grabbing them by the ankle and tackling them. It's illegal. And That's what Seaman get- used to do as well. And as a center, I hated it. Well, yeah, I, I no part of that. Yeah, I was a uh, my knees alone. Yeah. I was a uh, I was a right tackle for the Rossville Bulldogs. Uh, Shout out. Went out went out to Substate, uh, lost in Substate to Silver Lake. My sophomore, junior, and senior years, five miles down the road, uh, which I got a. Get on you because you always are, you know, the Derek Hamas train. You're riding that. <laughs> Steve Bueller is my guy. All right. Steve Bueller built that program, and uh, Hamas took over and uh, kind of rode I the think, glory of I what think Bueller is, built. I think so. that's me having fun on Twitter. <laughs> well, since you weren't at, high, at Washburn Wall at the same time as me, you wouldn't. That, that's a joke for the okay. for the day ones. I'm not a. <laughs> that that's yes. That is a that is a deep cut joke for the handful of folks who were in. Uh, weights and conditioning, summer conditioning with me, my junior and senior year. I got you. So that's a deep cut joke for like 13 I, people, I meant so. to give you a hard time about it because, uh, you know, he won three straight state titles after I left. But uh, but Coach Bueller, yeah, he's my well, guy. Well, yeah, and so. Bueller's, you know, mediocrity at Washburn. Hey, now. So. Hey, now. I think he's gone. <laughs> so. I don't think – I think he left. No, no, he's still there. He's still I just there? was with Coach at okay. a wedding a few weeks ago. I mean, so. I'd like him to do well, but we'll move on from yeah, this. Yeah, Northeast sorry, Kansas, guys. Yeah. Uh, High school football talk. So these are the questions that are going to feature in every single one of the Blitzweek episodes. Uh, So answer them however you want, but be prepared. These are going to be put in stone. Anything you say will be held over your head for the rest of your life. So what was your first reaction when Coach Kleiman was hired, and how has it evolved over the last eight, nine months? None of you will ever know anymore because I think I've scrubbed my social media feed and Twitter from being able to see the initial reaction. But – I think uh, I think my reaction was probably not uh, not the bestly uh, the the most positive reaction that you could have had when it initially came out, and then it only took me honestly probably thirty six to forty eight hours to completely back off of my initial opinions, and uh, essentially apologize to K State and to those who made the hire uh, about the about the decision. I remember in February I ran into they had the event down in Kansas City where Kleiman was doing a kind of a tour around Wichita and hit up a few different places and I went to the one down here in, in KC and uh, went up to Gene and apologized to him for uh, how I handled that from a, a social media he probably doesn't even know who I am but um, you know I was just uh, I, I was not overly thrilled with the hire initially but completely backed off that after just 48 hours and realized you know 
they're going to work their asses off and, and they're going to try and prove everybody wrong. And they're certainly doing that so far. Ain't nobody sopping our asses. I think the yeah. quote you're looking for. That well, that, that's it was really, honestly, quote. it was the social media push. And then as, as I thought about it, like that Sunday night, I was like, you know what? This guy can coach football. So yeah, he coaching's not going to be a problem. And if, if they go out and they're able to get, a, you know, decent athletes to play, you know, and go recruit and convince people, sell them on the program, then I think they could be successful here. And so far they're doing that. Also, they're going to play the athletes, I think. Yes. that. So that going back to initial, you know, what do you love about it? I love it's such a novel concept to try and find a way to put your best players on the field and not just, uh, oh, he's a freshman. He might not fully get the system. We're going to have to wait two or three years until, you know, we get him on there. They're looking for ways to get the best athletes out there on the field, the guys with the most speed. And I love what they're doing on the recruiting trail. They're going after guys with speed and athleticism. Oh, yeah. So if you're going to miss on guys, at least miss on athletic speed guys like they're going after right now. We've talked about it before, but it's weird how that changed over this tenure. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, they used to they used to find ways to get the best players on the field, like Michael Bishop. Michael Bishop didn't know the – I mean, right. they, didn't call the plays. They got Justin Swiss doing the, the stand-up stance at tight end to help signal the plays over in audibles. Like, they, they got creative in how yeah. to get the best players out there because they knew it gave them the best chance to win. And That's what good coaches do. Yeah, and it's lost sight of Bill's that. just a bad coach. <laughs> Bill would have won a national title if he would have kept with that, you know, system and played Daniel Sams. Just Maybe. throwing that out there. National title. Daniel With Daniel Sams, Sam's John Kurtz yeah. would be all over that. So. I know. Hey, that that John John Kurtz and I are brothers in arms when it comes to standing for Daniel watched, and uh Javon Thomas. But I we won't talk about of, Javon's uh, legal <laughs> issues. Hey, I, I was a big of, Javon fan when I he came. I still <laughs> if if I he never, just would have been given enough time, Javon Thomas would have been all big twelve. But we'll move on. I never fell in love with him, but I was in love with him when he first came into the program, and then I, I I'm not quite of the belief <laughs> yeah. with given time that he would have developed at that point. All I kind of given up on that. All Big Twelve. I watched one of Clint's videos recently of just like K State running quarterbacks, and God, Daniel Sams was so good. He was insanely God, good. Remember when Lockett intentionally dropped that ball in the end zone? It's insane. Look worse than the Buffalo. What was Auburn's that about? Bowl? No, what's crazy oh. is. <laughs> oh, oh, I thought you were talking about Auburn. Sam's. Oh, no, I think that's he had water. some money yeah, on he, the line. Sam's. Don't say that was Waters' fault. It was. No, I didn't. No, I was saying that was Waters right. throwing the ball. The Sam's. You know, when he came in the game against I Michigan. Have to, I honestly want to pull that play up. I've watched it so many times because we did a we started a series called the worst series, worst games we've been to, and we did Auburn with I did Auburn with my oh brother. Oh my gosh! And uh, so like I had to watch that game again, start to finish, and I mean I watched that play probably twenty five. Yeah, times. I watched twenty five times. I I got home that night and I rewatched the game on mm. DVR, and it was up till four a.m. and I charted every play. And basically came away devastated, thinking, "Well, K State did zero that. chance. We should there's we should have won that game." What K State did to Auburn statistically, like in defense, was one of the worst off- Auburn performances that they had had in like four seasons. Daniel Sams would have won that game. Just throwing uh, that out there. Maybe <laughs> Daniel Sams Sams never got to play with a full complement of wide receivers. Every time they started him, Lockett was hurt. Tremaine Thompson was hurt. Curry Sexton was hurt. You know, he had he freaking beat Baylor and TCU oh gosh, yeah. with we didn't lose no that game receivers because of quarterback play. I'm just saying that Daniel Sams would have scored 13 touchdowns that day. That's 13. probably true. That he would have game. set a world record. Man, the, what he did to Baylor backs. that year, oh, my he God. He rushed for 200-plus. That was, the, a, that was one the, of the most the, dominant performances by a quarterback in K-State history. And one of the worst um, 
one of the worst coaching performances I've ever seen. We went for two, like oh, three yeah, times, what? needlessly. Chasing points. It was like, why? Yeah, that's what right. the fuck I was trying are you to think. It was bad. I mean, ugh, let's move on. We're yeah, way off yeah, track. Sorry, yeah. yeah, that's let's fine. Let's get back on the climbing train, uh, which is chugging relentlessly towards that beautiful CFP trophy. Um, what's the it's biggest? It's an ugly trophy. I know it is ugly. We saw it. It's the ugliest trophy out of all of those trophies. Yeah, that but we they saw. wouldn't let you touch it. They keep no, going. no. You could touch anything else though. You could hide stuff in the trophies. sugar bowl. <laughs> yeah. You could touch any other trophy. I hit. I hid something in the sugar bowl trophy. Really? Yeah. What'd you hide? You know, you're gonna have to go to Oklahoma and try to find it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So Chris, Chris Kleiman's program now. What's the biggest thing that he has done, said, changed, proje- projected? That has made you, you know, the happiest or most excited for this new era. Yeah, I think we we've hit on a lot of it, and obviously social media is one thing. But I think the biggest thing is is that he's just changed the culture within the walls of the program and made it more about the players, and has listened and taken their feedback and built those relationships. And as a result, the players are going to be willing to work harder, uh, more efficiently. I think the practices are improved, and knock on wood, I hope that improves the the health of the team in the long run. Uh, yeah, there's no, there's no one here, Newman. It's just us knocking dogs on are, the table. Dogs are very strange. Yeah. Um, what is this thing? <laughs> That's just in my fucking house. It's yeah. so weird. So uh, I just I think guys now, they're excited to go out and practice, and they're not dreading things, and, and they're wanting to get better. And uh, ultimately, I, I'm hoping it leads to less injuries as well and fresher legs. And, you know, it's going to be tough this year because of, of the schedule in Mississippi State and week three on the road. But – you know, really hoping that eventually it leads to faster starts out of the gate because I just think that, you know, in the last few years with Bill Snyder, kind of the, the wind had been sucked out of K-State sales early in the year and the excitement had already waned because they were sitting there at two and three or three and three every year. It was the same thing. And you knew already you weren't going to play for a Big 12 title potentially at that point. Uh, so hoping that it'll lead to getting off to faster starts and, and being more prepared and not having as many injuries and so far, it seems like they're, they're good on that front for the most part. So just hoping that continues. But, yeah, I, I just think it's really – he's made it a player, more of a player's program, and I just think it, that's going to really help them in the long run. Is there anything that's given you pause? No, I, you know, when you sent me this outline ahead of time and I looked at that question, I really did try to think if there's, if there's anything so far that's given me, you know, that I'd hit the pause button on and think through it. And, honestly, uh, so far there hasn't been now – you know, as the season unfolds, there might be decisions that happen during games or, um, you know, roster decisions in the game that, you know, I might have a better answer to that question. But right now, until they play a game, I really haven't had any concerns with what they're doing. Uh, I know that might sound like an easy out on an answer, but, you know, I just don't have anything you know, that I'm worried about right now. And I'm just anxious to see see them come out of the gate, see the new system, the style of play they come out with, you know, what how they line up players, you know, Will Chris Heron play some at receiver as a true freshman? How many, How are they going to handle the red shirt rule? Uh, I think they're going to play guys, you know, at least the four games if they're capable and keep their red shirt wherever possible. And, and Bill Snyder made it pretty clear he didn't even like that rule, which is insane because he should have loved that rule. That yeah. is a great rule. And, uh, you know, Wanker. He, he, yeah, he seemed like he didn't really care for it. Thank so. God he didn't uh, force Knowles and uh, – oh, who was – Oh, Lance Robinson. Yeah, Lance you know, Robinson. He sounded kind of pissed off, actually. Oh, he about was. That he was Iowa pissed State off. Game. And, he was you know, pissed off. That's, that's sad because, you know, there's no point in burning those guys' red shirt to get to 6-6 six and six in that last game of the year. And, uh, you know, you kind of called them out as their own decision that they decided they didn't want to play. And good for those guys. Yes. They should not want to waste a year of eligibility, uh, especially if they don't think they're, you know, NFL 
prospects. No. You know, you should want that extra year of eligibility, uh, whether you want to transfer or what. I mean, there was a lot of, you know, oh, yeah. things I up mean, in the why, air. Like, Why in the hell would they play in that game? Right. Like, you're sitting there throughout the whole season, you're just like. Well, I really would have liked to win it's that like, game. I mean, of course, but it's like <laughs> no, you I didn't agree. see me as good enough to play more than four games. Well, but and here's you're the mad thing: at me for not wanting to play this game. They yeah. fucked, Are you kidding me? They fucked with Malik Knowles because the first game he played, he was out there for three snaps, and all three were runs. It was against Oklahoma State, yeah, right? It was trash. Malik so Knowles, they, 2019 um, leading receiver. Yeah, we'll see. I think it's probably still going to be shown. But we'll, move, we'll we'll keep keep it going. So who are you predicting to be the offensive MVP and why? So this, this is going to seem like a pretty easy answer, but I, I think it all starts and ends with Skyler, right? And I've been pretty much the biggest Skyler proponent there is for the last couple of seasons, even push for him to play potentially as a true freshman. And I've defended him. Look, he's got to be a lot better, obviously. He was put in some uh, very difficult circumstances over the last couple of seasons. And you know, the one thing I am hesitant on is the simple fact that I, I'm worried people are going to judge him too much out of the gates. Like, he doesn't have the best weapons at wide receiver, right? He's got a new coach, a new system, and everything. They saw him struggle some the first two years with Bill Snyder. And now if he struggles a little bit out of the gate because he doesn't have the best athletes at the receiver position, people are going to be like, well, look, Skylar Thompson is simply not a good quarterback. Look, the bottom line is he just hasn't been put in the best situation, you know, in his entire time here. There's a lot of pressure. You know, if Ryzen was still here – and Zuber, it'd be a completely different scenario. But, you know, Ryzen was their, their most explosive, most talented receiver sitting out last year and uh, very disappointing the circumstances that led, you know, a great decision by Gene Taylor and Chris Kleiman, obviously, to, to get rid of him out of the program. But uh, very unfortunate that that had to happen. But I think Skyler, you know, I want to see him take that next step this year. And I think this is the right system for him. You know, he's a very cerebral guy. I think the only concern I have is I, I do think he is a little bit confidence shaken and, and things do get in his head and he's admitted that that he thinks things over too much I just want to see him cut it loose this year and I think the the thing that you could tell and the reason he was best the, the times that he was best at K-State so far is when they're in like the the no huddle or coming from behind in the two-minute drill like the Texas game last year he comes in they're down 14 nothing he's got to go you know make things happen quickly he doesn't overthink things he just plays and he cuts it loose I'm looking forward to seeing him just anticipate throws more you know, make the reads and know that he's not going to be looking over his shoulder. He's the clear-cut number one guy. And, you know, I, I just think that's going to be such a world of difference for him that he's got his coaches buy-in now. What happened last year was embarrassing. What The way that, that Bill Snyder handled that situation, the way that he handled it at press conferences. I still remember after the Texas game when he said that the starting quarterback does not matter. And I was sitting there in the first row of the press conference and I wanted to ask a, a question to follow that up. And I did, I was so flabbergasted that he just said that, that a coach that I idolized growing up said that, that I just could not believe, I, I didn't even know what to say. And uh, all of us looked at each other after that press conference ended and we're like, man, what is, what is he doing? And the West Virginia game, obviously in Morgantown where he didn't even tell him he was coming out of the game. And, uh, you know, they just put Alex Delton in. They just they handled that so poorly. So I, I think Skyler is going to take a big step this year. He doesn't have the best talent at receiver, but I think he's a smart enough quarterback that he's going to be able to make some things happen, and his confidence is going to be up so much <laughs> that I think he'll be an effective player. Oh, Skyler. Pip I juice. I tell you, most people, most people have, you know, coursing through their veins a, a product that has more four main components, right? Plasma. White blood cells, oh, red blood cells, and platelets, right? Skylar doesn't have that. He has pimp juice. 
coursing through his veins. Why, so he's gonna be. Oh, he's gonna take it to another level. I thought he was trying to say there he wasn't a Skyler fan when he was <laughs> ripping that uh, off. I was like, he's like trying to rip Skyler. Oh no, I, I would medical. not. I would not stand for that. No, I most, didn't know where most he was people going. have blood coursing through their veins. Okay, Skyler has pimp juice. And we're gonna see that this year. Well, I that's that's what I want to see, and uh, <laughs> I'm hoping that's what happens. And, and for him too, I mean, he he definitely deserves it. And uh, look, I think we all, a lot of us knew that he was playing with injury. You know, that second half of the season, no one really wanted to involve him publicly. So who wasn't playing? Well, that's the thing. Sort I mean, of you know, absurd that's also going to be refreshing. Is hopefully guys aren't playing so banged up. You know, as the season wears on, with the way they're handling it. Okay, so opposite side of that question, who are you predicting to be the defensive MVP? MVP, and you know why? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. I, uh, I just hope he can stay healthy, and if so, it'll be Elisha Sullivan. Um, yeah, I think Wyatt Hubert would be an easy answer as well, or Reggie Walker. But to me, Elisha Sullivan's probably the most talented guy on that defense. And given that the the weakness they have, or the lack of depth at linebacker that they have. Um, I think Elijah Sullivan's that's he's clearly got to stay healthy and you know he's such a big hitter and he's so athletic and and can get after it I mean that's a that's certainly a, a power five linebacker that's out there and you got to hope obviously Daquan Patton takes the next step and and cuts down on some of the missed tackles that he had last year but you know I, I think if Elijah Sullivan can stay healthy he could be an all big 12 type player at linebacker uh, so I, I think, you know, a key part of the defense, because like I said, they can't afford for him to really get hurt. Now, I am the biggest Daniel Green proponent that you're going to find. I've loved him for years. We are pro-Daniel uh, Green yes. on this podcast. So I will be excited to see him play, but I know he's also the backup to Sullivan. So I only want to see him play early on, you know, in some scrub time when they're up big, hopefully on Nickel State and Bowling Green. Um, which, by the way, the line on Nickel State, 24 points. That uh, maybe maybe that'll be one of the sharp plays out of the gate on on that Friday. We'll see where yep. I'm going with that. Yep. Stay tuned. This, I can't I can't wait to hear this. This isn't Bill Snyder anymore. They're not coming out of the gate winning only by four against UMass or something. We're doing like a that. reverse every other play. So double yeah. reverse. Yeah, Josh Youngblood <laughs> going to the house on a on an end around. Double reverse. Double <laughs> reverse pass. Maybe we'll bring back the option. Hey, Youngblood pass. did play uh quarterback in high school, so mm-hmm. who knows? Keep it on the lookout. So this might be the last year we defined young player as redshirt sophomore or younger, but who are you predicting to be your young breakout or breakthrough player this year? Yeah, I, th- I think the easy answer, guys, would be, you know, with all the hype that Youngblood's gotten to go with him, but I'm actually going to go with uh, Wayne Jones, who is a redshirt freshman who? safety. Wayne Jones. Wayne Jones. Is that who? <laughs> Wayne Jones. <laughs> so, I'm going to uh, see how many times I can do that bit on the podcast. <laughs> like, so. say, like, when we were saying that yesterday, I, well, I, I was I like, think it Wayne yesterday. Jones. I didn't I think it yesterday. I wish you would have gone, who? Yeah. Wayne Jones. Yeah, so Jones, obviously, he's a redshirt freshman, and they've loved the way that he's practiced so far, and it looks like he's penciled in to be the, the starter at one of the safety positions. And, and I just think I've loved him since they signed him out of high school. I think he's a guy that could be you know, that four-year type starter at the safety position that could be really good. Um, I love Tyron Lewis as well, obviously, but I just think he's probably going to play the, the four games in redshirt this year because they actually have – okay depth at safety it's more the cornerback position i think a little more worried about right now having those two patrolling for three years yeah yeah that's gonna be a fun yep those are gonna be two fun guys well that's you know i love the what they're doing in the secondary on the recruiting trail just in the at the end of last year's class and then this year i mean 
they got Tyrone Lewis, they got William Jones, very athletic speed guys. They obviously have Wayne Jones already in flux in the system. Kenyon Reed, who, you know, we haven't heard much about him so far, but he's another guy that's got a lot of speed and hopefully develops. And um, they've hit it so far again on this. Logan Wilson is a guy that's really, you know, apparently doing well. KSO's reported how well he's doing. Uh, so, look, I, I think they've done well to get some young talent at the cornerback and secondary spots. All right. Now we're getting to the set in stone prediction. What is your official prediction for the season record-wise? And if you even deviate away from this a little bit, we're going to hire some Tier 1 operators to come to your house, extract you, take you out to the middle of nowhere, so and, I, you know, and then you know the rest. Yeah, so I need to stick with this number for the whole season. I mean, not deviate from it at all. Well, just well unless the you're on starts. another show. Oh, then you can say whatever you want. Oh, Andy, Power Cat Game Day. I'm going to stick to this number as well. So, and and once we like start off four and zero, you can predict us to start winning every game. But if we hear you on Power Cat Game Day predict a different final record before game one, we will find you. All right, all right, guys. Here I have. Uh, yeah, I'm usually negative. Can I tell you what Scott predicts us to start? Right, I don't uh, think you listen to the show does he very have, much. I do listen to the show. Okay, knock that off. So <laughs> okay, uh, well, but but this show has not been published right. yet. The, I what you're about to reference. Okay. He right. hasn't heard it. So, yeah. You right, can't. right, right. So, it doesn't matter if he listens or not. But go yeah. ahead. Say what it. do you think Scott predicts the record in the first seven games? In the first seven? First seven games. Oh, gosh. I need, I need to pull up the schedule then to, to look at the first seven here. It's not I, good. <laughs> it's not a good record? It ain't good, buddy. Oh, I thought, by the way, he just started that off that he was going to no. be optimistic. So, he's going to have them at uh, first seven. First seven. Which he's going to have him at two and five. Then, yep. Right? Yeah. Two so and five. Losing to, okay. Well, that goes against what I'm <laughs> Good. Good. Say. Yes. Balance it out. Um, well, now you have me thinking about it we a need little some bit. No, don't think. World. Don't think. Me, Go with it. Okay. Um, I have said all along that it would be – usually I'm, I'm one of the people that shits all over getting to six wins and a bowl game being meaningless. I've kind of said all along that I think Chris Kleiman would do a hell of a job if he could get to six wins uh, with this team. And as I was driving over here, I started thinking about it, and I'm like, you know what? Screw six wins. They're getting to seven. Me too, They're brother. They're getting to seven wins this Me year. Too, They're going to go seven and five. And, uh, you know, I know the next question will break down maybe what those statement wins might be. But yep, I, just I go think, with it. All right. Statement well, wins, look, what are they? Look, I think they are going to win two of the three games between Baylor, TCU, and Iowa State. So – I, I think they'll go two and one in those three games. We aren't losing to Iowa State. No, I'm not going to lose to Iwa State. What, why is Iowa State. Lo- why is Iowa State getting all this hype? Thank you. I, I want to know. Not why, losing to Iowa State yeah, on three. One, two, three. <laughs> why, why do people think that Iowa State is going to be so much better this year? When because they, they've had back-to-back program-defining years, which for their shitty program is eight wins. Yeah, I know. It's just Including like, a, a backdoor win in bowl games. Like, come on. Yeah. And yeah. I just I'm can't. Gonna, I'm gonna tweet a couple tweets when I was. All right, yeah, you do that. You do that, Grant. I mean, they they lose David Montgomery, obviously, and Keem Butler. I know they return a lot on defense, but you know what? I can't get out of my head is that that K State team last year went into Ames and and kicked their ass for three kicked their ass basically for the entire game, and it took kind of a, a fluky strip fumble from behind that really turned the game around, and and they came back and won. But K State was so much better than them that whole game. And they had David Montgomery and Akeem Butler, and granted the stadium wasn't completely full for their Super Bowl uh, because of the holiday and everything. But, you know, I just can't buy into them coming to Manhattan. I know they'll treat it as their Super Bowl again, but, yeah, I think they 
I, I don't even know if I, I feel weird calling Iowa State a statement win. I don't even know if I give them that credibility. No, They're like no. se- seven wins. Another game. Uh, but I think they'll they'll win two of the three. I, I think maybe I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong on this. I feel like Baylor and Baylor's getting a little too much hype right now. And no, I, I uh, you're a big Baylor proponent. Yeah, I think they go ten and two this okay. year. Wow. All right. Yeah. yeah. You're a big rule fan. Well, I, I, I just want Rule to, you know, go off to the NFL. Leave. Because yeah. I like him. I think he's a genuinely Scott good is, person. Scott and I's campaign is Matt Rule leaves. Baylor has another scandal. We officially boot them him from out. the conference, stick with nine, nine teams. Okay. And then it's perfect. All right. Perfect. That does work. You get an extra uh, non-con, non-con game. game, four home, four away. It's a perfect well, conference. What, what do you guys think of TCU? I mean, I don't. I like them. I mean, I, I think they'll probably end up with six or seven wins. I oh, mean, oh, oh, like. The season or yeah. in general, I was thinking. Yeah, I think no, 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 on the season, I, I think they'll be around bowl eligibility, and this kind of contradicts a little bit what I said yesterday because I predicted us <laughs> to lose to them because I think Gary Patterson's a good coach. I think roster spot one through eighty-five, they're more talented than us, so I picked us to lose. But I don't think they're going to be winning ten games. Yeah. Which I, will buck his trend of bad to double digit, mm-hmm. bad to double yeah. digit. I, I think obviously I think K State will lose in Starkville. I think they'll lose to Oklahoma and Texas, and then you know there's probably two more losses in there nope. between. Change it. Go for nine and three. Go for no, it. Oh no, guys. Hey, I was seven and five. Tannehill was eight and four. Tannehill was eight and four with a loss to Iowa State. Oh, that shit. bastard. So who's he got him? He's got him beating someone really good then, right? If he's well, got no. Him. I mean, had I guess I was. I guess there's mis- a lot of yeah. coin flip type. I mean, Texas yeah, Tech. We don't know how Texas Tech and West I Virginia. I just losing, losing out. I think West Virginia is going to be bad. Yeah. I think they finished ninth in the Big 12. So you got K-State losing at Tech? Yeah, I do. I do too for some reason. I just have – so I, I wonder about – it's toward the end of the season. I think Tech isn't going to be a team that gets to bowl eligibility this year. I wonder – I don't think that there's going to be that much excitement. Are they going to stay healthy at quarterback throughout? Well, that's the thing. Bowman's their, their QB, I mean, right? If, yeah, and if he's there for all 12 games, they're winning. He's seven. nice. Well, he see, is nice. I think he's good. I guess, I guess my question is, guys, I mean, Matt Can't Wells Matt Wells is a guy that loves to run the ball and play defense. They really have the personnel to but is he fit an his idiot, scheme. Though? Like, well, I mean, that, I mean, that's the question because if he's an idiot, then maybe he'll hand, have Bowman handing it off fifty times a well, game. Well, and I, I know we we were talking about the candidates earlier, and Matt Wells slipped my mind, but I think he was obviously someone as well that K State had a little bit of interest in. And yeah. I was thrilled that they didn't hire him. I'm just not, yeah. I'm not a big Matt Wells I, fan. I'm not either. No, I'm glad either. he get, went to Texas Tech, and I'm glad he was off the board before Bill retired. Um, but I just. I don't know. I think I think he's smart enough to not make Bowman hand it off 50 times yeah. a game. I don't know. We'll you see. You know who else loved Matt Wells? John Curry loved Matt Wells. They had conversations as well, well kind of behind the scenes. So. I mean, Gene likes him too. I mean, yeah. Gene said it on with uh, John yeah. that you know, that just, was like Nate. He's kind of boring, right? But I, I do think he is a good coach. Uh, well, he had a better Big 12 Media Day press conference than Neil Brown did. Neil Brown saying. was really bad. Thank God they dodged him. Yeah. What an idiot. Got <laughs> climbing. So, exactly. Uh, you know, I just can't wait to watch the disaster that unfolds at KU with less miles and, and once they realize. Hey, come on now. They have four top 3,000 high school players right now. <laughs> oh, my that God. A- <laughs> it is bizarre. I mean – the narrative that Les Miles is like crushing it and recruiting is so stupid. They're gonna lose a lot of these kids once they realize how you know as the season unfolds, how big of a disaster Les Miles is gonna be. I'm not saying he's gonna be Charlie Wise because he's actually they're they're working hard recruiting. I think he's got a better staff, but it's it's gonna be bad. I mean, it's, he's 65 years old. And you and know what? Seeing like honestly, 
speaking to him in person oh, was bizarre. I mean, you're it was just us, like you're gonna get us sued. Watch what you say. Well, you know, well, it was um, just like I, yeah, I'm not it'll, convinced. It'll be very debilitating to the KU fan base if Les Miles fails like we expect them to, because they go out and hire a former national championship coach. They spend millions on him. They think they finally got their guy. They're excited, and when he fails, I mean, are they gonna think they can ever get to successful football again? I mean, they will have gone stuck through. with Beatty. I actually agree. Uh, yeah. I liked Beatty, and I thought he had him playing a lot better. Yeah, I would have given him another year. Like moves, but it's like give him if, yeah, he, if, he, if they give him one, one more year, year. I think he could have slightly turned yep. a corner. Yep, I really do. I agree. That pretty much wraps it up. That was a lot of fun. That was fun. We want to stop downplaying yourself. A lot of good tangents. Oh uh, well, thank you guys. We also, it. you know, let's, we haven't we hadn't drank beers for a while, so. Yeah, you notice Look, different. I finished this whole one in the, sh- the hour that we just went. I'm such a that's a big good, beer man. drinker. All right, well, that's all we got. Uh, keep going. Again, this is episode two of five this week. Uh, rate, review, subscribe. Go to our Patreon. Buy some shirts. Uh, you know, it's been a while since we've had an influx of reviews on iTunes. Give us a five-star review. Uh, boost Cole's self-esteem. Give Cole a compliment <laughs> with a five-star review. Send it in as a screenshot, and maybe you'll get a gift. I don't know. Yeah, everybody, send Cole a nice tweet. Yes. I could use some money, too, for twin girls. So No, we that. will take no, all the No, we need that. Oh, okay. You guys, don't give Cole money. Subscribe to the yeah, Patreon. Give us, give us money. money. That all makes right, a lot more fine. sense. But. That sounds good. Hey, maybe you'll get two Bosco's Boys onesies before. Hey, man, I would love happens. to see what those look yeah, like. Man, I'll pay that, for those. You know, that <laughs> might, you guys <laughs> that design those, happen. and I'll pay for them. Well, I, all right. They're Check already, her, they already exist. Yeah. Really? Yes. Well, Scott we're, tweeted me when I announced it a couple weeks ago about it, so I got to see yeah, those. Yeah, we're, we're going to make it happen. So that's all we got. Uh, keep listening. When you go to sleep at night, just hit play and let you know let it cycle through. Yeah. That's all I got. Wayne Jones. Love you guys. Meet me at the Cathead. Still ballin' in the mix It's that 6-6 six, six long dicks Little nigga stickin' your chick Pullin' tricks, lookin' slick At all times when I'm flippin' Bar sippin', car dippin' Grant wood grain grippin' Still tippin' on Still four foes Rappin' four rollin' Four rollin' Four hoes And no hackin' And no hackin' Four blowin' on that endo GameCube Nintendo 5% tent So you can't see up in my window These niggas don't understand me Cause I'm boss hog on candy Top down at Mac with a big Glock 9 handy Pieced up, creased up, stand dressed to impress Big boss Bill Buckle under my Michelin S Oh, Gucci shades up on my braids when I escalate When I'm riding spree well, sliding like an escapade I got it made, the big boss of the north Ain't shit change, I still represent with your house Huh? I'm tipping, wood grain, I'm gripping. Catch me lying, switching with the paint dripping. Turn your neck and your day ain't missing. Me and Slim, we ain't tripping. I'm figure flipping and sir sipping. Like do or die, I'm pole pimping. Car stop, rims keep spinning. I'm flipping, drop with invisible.
tops. Hoes bobble my drop, step out. I'm shaking the block with 418s. Candy green with 11 screens. My gasoline always supreme. Got dodo the brand with a pantaline. It tastes grinding to be a king. It tastes grinding to be a king. First round drop piece coming. Who is Mike Jones coming? Slap shining with the grilling woman. Slap shining with the grilling woman. I'm Mike Jones. Ooh. Mike Jones, the one and only. You can't clone me. Got a lot of haters and a lot of homies. Some friends and some phony. Back then, hoes didn't want me. Now I'm hot, hoes all on me. Back then, hoes didn't want me. Now I'm hot, hoes all on me. Back then, hoes didn't want me. Now I'm hot, hoes all on me. Back then, hoes didn't want me. Now I'm hot, hoes all on me. People's champ, my chain light up like a lamp. Cause now I'm back with the camp. I'm crawling similar to an ant. Cause I'm low to the earth. People's feelings get hurt when they figure out what I'm worth. I got 84s poking out at the club. I'm showing out. I'm a player, ain't no doubt. Hoes wanna know what I'm about. Biggest diamonds off in my mouth. Princess cuss all in my chain. Wood grain all in my range. Dripping stains when I switch lanes. Switch the name, it's still the same. Switch the house or switch a blast. Mike Jones, he running the game. And magnificent by this cash Michael Watts, he made me hot Hard work to me to the top G-Dash to me to the lot He wrote a check and bought a drop I got the internet going nuts But t ferris got my back So now I'm holding my nuts It's Pow Wow, baby What you know about me? I'm on that 5-9 South Lee, baby Holla at me Podcast Network.